Welcome to the second episode of our podcast, The Mindful CPA. This is your host, Sunish Mehta, and I'm thrilled that you can join me. And I'm so happy to record my second episode of this podcast after a little bit of a delay as I was getting things set up for my website and for the webinars and seminars that I've been leading since April this year titled The Mindful CPA. And it's just a pleasure to be able to meet with so many of you and reach an audience of close to 3,000 people already around the country and overseas that are tuned in and are learning the path of a mindful CPA. So the title of this episode, the second episode, is just that. What is mindful CPA and what does it mean to walk the path of a mindful CPA? CPAs, of course, can stand for lots of different things. And from my perspective, with my background, I am a certified public accountant. And I would assume many of you, my listeners, are CPAs as well. But I like to expand the notion, the thought, and the definition of a CPA to being a conscious professional with awareness. I'm a wordsmith, and I like playing with words. And sometimes it's fun to be able to talk about different mnemonics and acronyms in different ways. And so the notion of being a conscious professional with awareness is so very cool from my perspective because it gives us a sense of not only the fact that we are conscious as professionals, that we work with awareness of our competence, that we work with awareness of our clients, of our projects, of our customers, and whoever our audience really is, whether it's an external customer or an internal customer. But at the same time, we are working with full awareness And to me, that is the key behind this whole movement of a mindful CPA. So as many of you know who have attended my webinars or have looked at my website or listened to my first podcast, episode one, I define mindfulness as the art of focus with full awareness. And to me, a mindful CPA is a person who can just do that, always working with the full awareness of the context of where they are what they're doing with a single-minded focus on the actual task at hand. And to me, mindfulness is an art because after all, it is something that is subjective. It is something that's unique. It is something that is, again, very inherent and innate depending on the person who is practicing mindfulness. As so many of you know, mindfulness has been around for thousands of years around the world. And historically, there's a lot of documentation around this. In the modern day, of course, we think of mindfulness as coming from the East, as in perhaps India and South Asia and Southeast Asia, certainly stemming out of perhaps the Buddhist teachings and really the philosophy of a Buddhist, etc. But this day and age, I think it has become so well spread around the world. And the more we think about it, if you really dig into history, I think mindfulness has been practiced in Europe and certainly uh, been practiced by Native Americans um, in North America. And uh, it's just one of those things I think that as humans, we naturally can tune into. Because before we know it, we all start benefiting from a simple practice. And there's so many different forms of practices of mindfulness. Of course, I call my practice the CPA, which is the construct the practice and the awakened steps 
And an eight minute practice is what I suggest that we do on a daily basis, minimally at least an eight hour, sorry, an eight minute practice that we can do maybe at a fixed time in the day or perhaps any time that we get time to just do that, be it at home, be it in our bed, be it in the morning, be it in the evening, be it in the car after getting to work or before leaving work when we get back to commuting on a regular basis, or maybe just at the grocery store, at the bank, wherever you are, if you can get those quick eight minutes, it is just wonderful to be able to slow down, to be able to observe what is natural to us, of our natural breath. It's not a leap of faith. It's not a leap of belief. We're not trying to dig into anything that we need to imagine or strive towards. This is simply observing what you naturally do. And think about it, 24-7, all the time and that's the coolest thing about mindfulness is if we just observe our breath and observe and become aware of ourselves perhaps as a third party looking ourselves as perhaps somebody on stage who is acting in a play and at the same time we are an audience member and that kind of is an amazing curve and you think about it a curve that can throw people off a little bit but you know you and i probably often use the term I'm really tired of myself right now. And when I say those words, I often ask myself, wait a minute, I am tired of myself. So then who is the I and who is myself? What just happened there? Am I two people? Am I one person? It's it's pretty interesting, right? How we don't really dig into some of the words and sentences we use or speak. But I like to think of it this way. When I say I'm tired of myself, or I see myself doing something, etc., in plain English, I think of the I as perhaps my brain, as in my active brain, and myself as perhaps my higher self. So maybe it's a conversation between my actual day-to-day ego-driven thinking versus my inherent, innate, intuitive higher self that I'm referring to in terms of myself. And mindfulness can be perhaps really looked at as a tuning in or a tuning or perhaps merging of your ego-driven brain and the daily earthly actions that we take and our higher self. You know, there's a lot of people out there that have written books. A lot of people have thought about perhaps dismissing our ego as ego being a negative. But in all reality, from my perspective, perhaps the ego is a very warranted and wanted thing in our lives because it is only ego that certainly shows us the contrast between our monkey brain if you want to call it that and our intuitive or gut oriented thinking and mindfulness is such a wonderful tool to be able to merge those two things to some extent and to have that full integration of your higher self with your active brain that you need to use and tackling everything Integration is a very interesting word, and having talked to some great teachers and some great philosophers and great thinkers of mindfulness, I've just really been very enamored by the word integration. And I'm really perhaps obsessed with the notion that I really want to have full integration in everything that I do, in terms of my life purpose, in terms of my vocation, in terms of the work that I do and also perhaps in terms of how I behave on a daily basis with friends, family, and my clients or my colleagues at work. And to be able to have that full integration between life purpose work and personal relationships, I think is pretty darn cool.
And I fundamentally truly believe that mindfulness as one tool amongst many other tools that we can add to our toolkit. And as those of us who are certified public accountants or our client services professionals that started off as CPAs or maybe work in a corporate world or work for ourselves and run a business, wherever, what have you, think about it. We are all in, always dealing with customers, we're always dealing with clients, and we're always dealing with projects that we ourselves start or maybe the firm-driven projects, be it an engagement, be it a consulting engagement, be it an audit, a tax return, what have you. And so when you think about perhaps using mindfulness as a tool in your toolkit as a client services professional or a corporate professional, it is so cool to think about this tool that is free, that is easy, and that just requires eight minutes a day. And that investment of eight minutes is perhaps many a times for us a big challenge. And I always think of mindfulness as a training of the mind. We all spend time in exercising or going out for walks and we try and be as physically active and as healthy as we can because we all know that if we neglect that part of our living, it does lead to health issues. And so could we think of mindfulness as simply training the mind where we are using a tool, an exercise, a practice to train the muscles of our mind, to train the biceps of our mind? And if we think about it that way, and if we slowly start really feeling the inherent relationship between the mind and our body, the mind and matter, and especially our brain and our gut, you know, there's a lot of studies being done right now in terms of the mind and gut connection. There's some fantastic books being written. And so much of the science that we talk about these days in terms of digestion and health is being related to this notion that our mind and matter matter. How's that for a, a duplication of words? So thinking about it that way from a training of our mind perspective, it's perhaps an easy enough to th thing to do in terms of saying, hey, I can afford to spend eight minutes to do a mindfulness practice when I can spend 30 minutes on a treadmill or 30 minutes out for a walk or doing weights, etc. And so if you think about building in mindfulness as our daily practice, daily exercise, maybe that's a great way to be able to come up with those eight minutes that otherwise ordinarily we would be so perhaps heart-stricken to find. And so as I define mindfulness, my definition is mindfulness is the art of focus with full awareness. Focus as in the task at hand. You know, there's a lot of talk, there's a lot of speeches, there's a lot of books, and there's a lot of movies made about the power of now right? And what it is to be in this moment. Well, why are we trying to be in this moment? What is the purpose behind that? I think from our perspective, that purpose purely is just to be able to have good, solid focus on what we're doing. So as you think about the definition of uh, mindfulness, as I like to define it, the art of focus with full awareness, full as in the maximum capacity that we have at any point in time, and the awareness of our context in terms of what I like to call the compass of mindfulness. And so those of you who've attended my webinars or have seen my introduction video on my website, I talk about the compass of mindfulness because I always like to figure out where I am physically. Whenever I'm out on a hike, wherever I'm out and driving somewhere, I'm being into directions. To me, naturally, I like to be knowledgeable of where things are and how am I oriented towards the north, the south, the east, and the west. And so I kind of thought about that and I said, could I create a compass that would help me 
not in knowing where I am physically, but knowing where I am mentally. And that's why I call it the compass of mindfulness, where we look at the past for lessons learned. We look for the future in terms of an ideal outcome or your desired outcomes. We think about mental readiness in terms of how do we feel mentally in our mind? Are we relaxed? Are we perhaps tense? Are we anxious? Are we excited? Are we irritable? Just the awareness of that. And then, of course, how do we feel physically? In terms of our physical readiness, am I you know, full of energy? Am I sluggish? Am I tired? And if we are aware of these four, perhaps, aspects of the compass of mindfulness, I think it really helps us in the practice of mindfulness. And I really do believe that as client services professionals and CPAs, all of us will be able to perhaps improve our focus and what we're doing initially, and ultimately over the long haul, perhaps helping us with firm management, client management, personal life management, personal health management, and of course, ultimately, of our relationships with our dear ones, our family, friends, and more importantly, your relationship with yourself. So I would invite all of you to continue listening to my podcast. I'll be published on Spotify, on Apple, and also on uh, Amazon in terms of the audibles and also Amazon Music. So if you have an Echo at home, all you need to do is tell Alexa to play the Mindful CPA podcast and it'll work like a charm. So I would invite you to continue to listen to my podcast. My goal is to try and put out at least two to three 15-minute episodes every month because I want to keep them short, 15 minutes each. I want to keep them bite-sized, and I want them to be something that you would enjoy listening to, something that you get perhaps you know, information out of and something that helps you continue walking the path of a mindful CPA. So again, I invite you to do the eight-minute practice using episode one where I have a guided audio practice. Until the next episode, I would just say be mindful and certainly remain and be cool. See you all next time in episode three soon. Be well.